Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. Good evening, Knights crew. How are you doing tonight? You're doing good. Oh, man. It was so good worshiping with you guys. And just in the second song, I just felt God's love over you, over you tonight. He loves you so much. And I know that we're in a time of transition right now, but God wants to remind you that he is going to take care of you. He really is. Like we honor Pastor Lucas and Trina. They're incredible leaders. They're dear friends of mine and my husband's. And we're so excited um, for what they're going to do in Saskatoon and see the city change for Jesus there. And, and we're going to mourn them. It's, it's sad. It's a sad thing. But God was just reminding me in that song, the second song we sang, that the story's not done yet. There is more to this story and God has a plan for you. And he loves this coastline nights. He loves you. And something exciting is going to happen. We are going to enter into a new season. So buckle up, get ready, friends. God is going to call you to something. It's going to be exciting. So he loves you. That's just a little extra from me. But Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. We didn't sing any Christmas songs. I was like, Josh, it was awesome. It was so good. But I was like, this morning we sang three Christmas songs. It was kind of nice to have a little break from Christmas songs, but maybe next week there'll be some Christmas songs. Um, but welcome. I am Laura. I serve as Next Steps pastor here. I In the morning, I oversee all Next Steps, so that's small group leaders, baptisms, grow tracks. So I get to come at nights when it's baptisms or helping with grow track or helping with small group leaders. There are so many amazing small group leaders here. And I'm so excited. There are going to be lots of new night small groups launching in January. I know um, I'm already meeting with a leader tonight and meeting with some more leaders in the next two weeks. And I'm just so excited about what God is doing here and the new small groups that are going to be happening. You know, I started attending this church back in 2005. Five. I was 19 years old, so you can do the math if you want. Um, I sat right up on the balcony my first Sunday here. And man, I was a brand new Christian, fresh um, from, I moved from England, got saved there, and then came back and then just came to church. And I was just like, wow, what is God doing here? And you know what? I am still here 19 years later. Let me tell you, friends, I just want to give you a word of encouragement. Do the things. Get into a small group. Join, um, do grow track. Um, do maybe freedom in the new year. Join team. There is so much community waiting for you. And this is such a pivotal time in, in your early 20s, maybe your later 20s to get 
plugged in into a church community, find a church family. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I found a church family here. Go to dodgeball. You know, it's going to be fun. Um, we had a dodgeball tournament way back in the day when, when I was serving at Young Adults a long, long time ago. And my future husband was at that dodgeball tournament. So I'm just telling you, maybe your future spouse could be playing dodgeball. Just, just saying. Um, but God is moving. So get involved. I really encourage you guys to join the community here. Um, and I just want to honor our lead pastors. Pastor Andy is here and Pastor Lisa. I just love them. Guys, we have the best mom and dad ever in our church. They love you. They pray for you. Um, they see the potential in young adults. You know, I started working here when I was 20, and I didn't know a lot about the Bible, and I had a lot to learn. And they trained me up and raised me up and saw the potential in me. And there's so many others, Pastor Lucas, Pastor Chris, that they see that saw the potential in and helped raise up. And so we just have incredible pastors. Um, I love them so much. They're the real deal. So we're blessed, church. Um, so last week, Pastor Lucas kicked off the Light and Easy series. And you know what? Um, we talked about letting go of stuff. And what a great time to enter into the Christmas season when we talk about letting go of stuff. So I'm going to be continuing this series, and we're going to be sharing the same verse. It's out of Matthew 11:28 28 to 30. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here Jesus is giving an invitation for people to trust him personally. You know, at the time that he was saying this, the nation of Israel was oppressed. They were oppressed under the Roman Empire, but they were also oppressed by the heavy burden of the religious legalism that was imposed by the Pharisees who were the teachers of the day. So when Jesus says yoke, he's not talking about eggs, just FYI. It was a terminology from farming. It was um, a wooden beam that would link two animals together and then they would hook up the heavy loads. So the animals were yoked together so they could pull the heavy load. But yoke was also a metaphor that was commonly used by rabbis in the day where they would have their yoke. And their yoke was their interpretation and application of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. So the rabbis would have disciples and they would follow, they would say, I follow his yoke. I follow this yoke of the teacher. And many of that was oppressive rules and lots of legalism. So here, Jesus is changing the narrative. And out of his overwhelming authority, he's inviting all of those who are tired, who are weary, who are broken to come to him, that personal invitation. And he says, take my yoke, not the yoke that you've always heard of, my yoke. It's easy. It's not oppressive. It's actually freeing. And my burden is light. It's not going to weigh you down. And you will find rest 
for your souls. He was introducing a new way of living. And that invitation is for today as well. That's the invitation. He says, come to me. I have rest for your soul. And I don't know about you, but rest sounds pretty amazing right now, but also maybe a little bit unattainable. I know many of you are in the thick of exams right now. Who's in the thick of exams? Raise your hand. I know Christina I talked to has an exam tomorrow morning. Guys, Jesus is with you. You know, we, it's a full season. We got exams. We got full calendars. We got long to-do lists. Maybe you're thinking about the presents you need to buy. Maybe you're thinking about family outings and obligations. There's a lot going on right now. And maybe some of it's good, like Christmas parties are happening. It's so good. But regardless, there could be a lot of things that could be distracting us from that light and easy life that Jesus has for us. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you, God, that you are here. We thank you, Lord, that you speak through your word and that your word is alive and active and it is powerful and that it goes out and it does exactly what it is accomplished to do. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you into the room right now. Would you give us ears to hear your voice speak to us? We love you. In your mighty name we pray, amen. So I just wanna know, does anyone get distracted here ever? Just a couple of us? Okay, okay, there we go. We're being honest. Um, You know, I like to think of myself as an organized person. I'm a type three Enneagram, type A personality, but I can get easily distracted. Um, So I got three little kids at home and life with three kids is very full. You know, you may not be in that season. I saw a couple moms in the house, so they they understand. Um, We have soccer practices at night. We have swimming lessons. We have church ministry nights. We have school stuff. And oftentimes we get home from a busy day and we have to quickly eat dinner and then rush out the door. Well, I was, I was telling my husband one day, telling slash complaining about how busy life was and how overwhelmed I was feeling. You know, he is a painter. So he sometimes is upset super early in the morning and leaves before anyone is awake. And so that means I got to get all the kids ready, myself ready and get out the door. It's literally like in Home Alone when the parents wake up and the alarm clock is off and that music starts up and they are racing to the airport. That, that's like my house. So I just was saying, you know what, James, I am so overwhelmed. Can you help out with, in some way? So he was just like, okay, I will make you a huge crockpot dinner so you don't have to worry about dinner tomorrow night. So he He made this wonderful crockpot dinner, got it all prepared and put it in the fridge. And then even um, when he, right before he left for work, he took it out of the fridge because he knew we were going to wake up soon and put it on and put it into the crockpot stand. So I got up, you know, it's go, go, go. I'm chasing my three-year-old around the house, trying to wrestle him to put his pants on. And someone's like fighting and at least one person in my house is always crying. And it's just like a wild time together. And you know what? Maybe I did the daily wordle. And maybe I was scrolling Instagram a little bit and checking my emails as well. But you know what? We got out of the house on time. Everyone got to school on time. It was a win. But I remember sitting right over there during prayer and thinking, I didn't put the crock pot on. No, I did not. I was distracted. All I had to do was press a button, but I was too distracted. And that was just the the 
awful feeling. You know, I was distracted. Maybe someone else can relate. Maybe you need to text your mom and you're like, I got to text my mom. So you pick up your phone, but then you open it and you see you got a new email. So you look in your email and you're like, oh, I really like that. Maybe I'm going to go to Amazon and buy that right now. Okay, I'm go- that's in my cart on Amazon. So now I'm going to just um, go over to Instagram and just check my messages there because I had a couple messages. Oh, and then I'm just going to start scrolling and I'm going to go over to TikTok. Oh, I really like this makeup tutorial. I'm just going to, maybe I'll just try this for a little bit. Okay. Oh, actually, you know what? Someone was messaging me on Facebook. I got to check my Facebook notifications. Okay, here we go. And then it's been like 30 minutes and you put down your phone and you're like, what was I supposed to do? Hmm, I thought I had to do something. It was text your mom, just FYI. And then you're like, why did I waste 30 minutes on my phone and I didn't even do the thing that I was supposed to do? Does anyone else do that? Or am I just alone? Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. We get distracted. And if you haven't guessed already, today, tonight, I'm going to be talking about distractions and how we need to let go of distractions. You know, when Pastor Andy first gave me this topic, I was like, do you know me? I am a very distracted person. I have to write everything down. If I don't write it down, I will literally forget it. I am the person who is watching a show on Netflix and I'm on Wikipedia researching the lineage of the royal family in the 1800s because I just have to do that at that time. Does anyone else do that? may just be me. But we live in a distracted world. We live in a world with a lot of distractions. So the definition of distraction means a pulling apart, a separating, a drawing of the mind in different directions. So here's the bottom line. We were not meant to live distracted. We were not meant to have our mind pulled apart in different directions. God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And I will speak 2 Timothy 1.9 until the day I die that he has saved us and called us. That means all of us to a holy life. God has a plan for your life. He has called you. You are called by God, but we get distracted. And you know who likes to distract us away from that calling? Who likes to try to keep us off course and not present in the moment? The enemy. Every force in hell is trying to distract you, to pull your mind apart, to cause you to lose your focus. Because if the enemy can distract you, he can divide your heart. And if he can divide your heart, he can discourage your soul. And if he can discourage your soul, he can disengage your faith. You know, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. And you know that feeling when you get distracted, when you've been up to 2 a.m. scrolling or Netflix, Netflix binge session or just an un, maybe you're in an unhealthy relationship and you get this icky feeling and you know it's not what the Lord has for you, that abundant life that he talks about in John 10, 10 that he has for you. And if you're convicted right now, know that you're not alone condemnation does not come from Jesus, but the Holy Spirit convicts us to help get us back on track. And like the scripture that I read earlier in Matthew, Jesus loves you. He is for you. This isn't a message like, we need to do this. Jesus is our gentle teacher and he wants to give you his yoke, his gentle teaching so we can learn from him and the Holy Spirit will help us live undistracted. 
So let's get into the word. Luke 10, 38 to 40 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So in this passage, Jesus is in the home of Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus. And you know what? When I first read this scripture, I am honestly like, justice for Martha. Come on, Jesus. Like, do you know what it means to have a whole bunch of people show up at your house? You got to clean your bathroom. You got to fluff your pillows. They're bringing all this dirt in. And then you got to make a meal for them, like to just make them feel comfortable. It's just like, Jesus, that is a lot of work. And my sister, who is supposed to be helping me, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like, come on, Jesus. What is up with that? I just loved it because sometimes, you know, you go home at Christmas and you're doing all the work and your sister, your brother is sitting in front of the TV watching a Christmas movie and you're like, come on, mom. They are supposed to be helping me right now. Maybe some of you can relate. And I just love how Jesus just responds to Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus didn't shrug Martha off. He cares for her. He acknowledged her anxiety. When he says Martha twice, it actually expressed his love and concern for her. And, but he, he was like, I'm, I love you, Martha, but I'm going to correct you here. He gently rebuked her for being distracted. And Jesus established what should be a priority. The ESV reads, Mary chose the good portion. And when reading your Bible, often in the Psalms, it will talk about the Lord is my portion which basically means inheritance, which means close fellowship with the Lord. And that's what Mary chose, to be close to Jesus, to learn from him, to be in his presence. And notice how Jesus didn't say, Mary chose what is right. He said, Mary chose what is better. So this is important to know. Martha wasn't doing something bad. It was good. Thank the Lord that there are Marthas in the world, that we have dinner, uh, Christmas dinner on the table, that we have bills to pay, um, that we have gifts wrapped at Christmas time. Martha wasn't doing something bad or wrong. She was doing something good, but not best. So often the most difficult choices you will have are not between good or bad, but they are between good and best. You know, maybe it's, do I follow my dreams of being super successful or go where God is calling me? Do I date this person who is kind, but they don't know the Lord? Do I take a break from social media or do I miss out? That's, those are the kind of choices that we got to make. And God has given his children free will, right? But how do we choose what is better? And these are some ways to help you. So number one, diminish the distractions. I'm saying this is 1 Corinthians 7.35. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So how do we cut distractions out of our life? You know, I want to start with the number one distractor. Who is holding their cell phone right now? I caught you holding your cell phone. 
You know what? I think most of us, sometimes I just want to like throw it across the room or off a building being really dramatic, but we can't do that. We need our phones. We need our phones to function. We can't just live hermits in the woods. It's not going to work. It's 2023. It's just not going to work. But we can be smart about our smartphones, right? Um, Pastor Andy has often said, are you using your smartphone or is it using you? And I got some stats. I'm not going to go too into it because we know. We got the notification this morning at like 9.30. They just like to tell you then how much time you're on your phone this last week. Um, But, you know, individuals usually check their phone at least 58 times each day. And on average, people spend three hours and 15 minutes on their phone every day. And um, for Gen Z, it is not better, so I'm just not going to share it. But three hours and 15 minutes works out to be about nine years of your life spent on your cell phone. I felt sick when I read that. I was just like, nine years of my life. Not good. So I have some quick tips for us. Um, So number one, don't start your day on your phone. Do not start your day on your phone. And I know this is your alarm clock. It's my alarm clock too. But when you open, when you open your eyes and then you go to your phone, you are just not setting yourself up for a win. When you go to Instagram, you're going to start comparing yourself to others. You're going to look at, you know, people with cool clothes or whatever. You're going to want to buy things. You're not going to be content. You're going to look at the news and see what is happening in the world and you're going to get anxious. Or you're going to look at your email and look at all this stuff coming up. Or maybe uh, you have a meeting with your boss or whatever, and you're just going to get stressed. Your phone should not set your emotional equilibrium for the day. My days are never good when I start them off scrolling. But you know when they are good? When I sit in Jesus's presence, he has so much for you. Even like give him your first five minutes and you will see a difference made in your day. When you just say, Jesus, I'm awake. I love you. I need you today. Holy Spirit, come enter my life. When you open up the word of God and get his truth in your heart, you're going to get peace for the day. You're going to get guidance for the day and your day will be so much better than if you started off with this. And the second thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can do is set time limits for social media. Um, you guys all know how to do that. You're probably smarter than me with your phones, but um, you, you know, you can send time limits for TikTok or whatever when you've been on an hour, been on half an hour, been on 20 minutes or whatever. You can also lock your apps. Um, so when you wake up, it's like you have to go through those extra steps to open it. That will help you. You gotta set boundaries. You can't let our phones use us. And there's so much in our phones, like idolatry, comparison, becoming discontented that I talked about. And this is a hard one for me. I love Instagram. I'm like a part-time content creator. So this is really hard for me. But you know what? It's not worth like losing my peace. It's not worth losing time with my family, losing connection with my husband. I can tell you, it's not worth it. So maybe something you need to do is take a little break. Delete, I dare you. Delete Instagram for a day. Delete TikTok for a day and just see how you feel. And you know what? I'm not saying like this is the enemy. We can glorify God. We can reach people for Jesus through these apps, but we need to use them, not them use us, right? And there are lots of other distractions out there. I got to move along. Um, you know, Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus, Crave, um, 
Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship, but this is what Jesus says about distraction. Or this is what the Word of God says about distractions in Hebrews 12. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run for perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Friends, what distractions are hindering you? What do you need to throw off in this season? What is God calling you to do? Take back those nine years. Think of what we could do with that time. You know, books that could be written, PhDs, church planters train. Come on, I know there are some church planters in this room. Missionaries going out on the mission field. Our island being one for Jesus. Uvic being one for Jesus. We need to get serious about cutting those distractions that weigh us down and entangle us. And the second thing is focus on the, on the important you know, if the world says if we want to be successful, we have to do more. And this month, you're probably feeling it with a full calendar. But what matters is not doing more, but doing more of what matters. And you know, sometimes you have to say no to the good to say yes to the best. So like Martha, she had the savior of the world in her living room and she was in the kitchen, the savior of the world. You know, she had to say no to the good and yes to the best. So what do you need to say no to this season so you can say yes to the best for your soul? And you know what? Sometimes we think we can say yes to everything and multitask, but I just want to let you know that we were not created to multitask. God is omnipresent. We are not. We were created to stay in the moment, to stay focused, to be present with our eyes looking straight ahead. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So what path has God put you on? Stay there. Don't get sidetracked. And you know what? Sometimes it's like, imagine my future self who, who is 99 could time travel. What would they tell me? And I think they would tell you to be more present in the moment. You know, instead of scrolling on your phone when you're, where you're with your friends, like, Stay engaged in that conversation. Maybe it's putting away your to-do list for an hour or your um, exam notes. You're like, I'm just going to put those away and go for a 20-minute walk with God. I just want to hear from Him. Or maybe it's skipping late-night Netflix marathons so you can wake up early and spend time with the Lord. Or maybe it's adjusting your January schedule so you can actually start that small group. Or maybe your next step is just attending a small group or attending Freedom. What do you need to say no to so you can say yes to God's best for you? So we choose God's best by diminishing the distractions, focusing on what's important, and number three, I'm wrapping up, listen to the voice of God. So Jesus said to Martha, only one thing is needed, and that is listening to Jesus, to his spirit-anointed, life-giving, powerful, peace-filled, joy-filled teaching. That is what is needed in our lives to have that good portion, that inheritance, that close fellowship with him. God wants to speak to you. 
I remember being, yeah, I was 19 years old. I was serving up at a camp up island and the speaker was talking about hearing from the Lord and I hadn't heard from the Lord yet. And I was just like, Jesus, I want to hear from you. Just asking him so much. It's like, Lord, I want to hear from you. And it's just so amazing to look back on that moment and just be like, God did speak to me. So just keep seeking his voice. You know, Isaiah 30, 21 says, and this is about God guiding you. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. He wants to guide us, but we need to make a choice here. And that choice is, I'm not going to let the noises of the world drown out the voice of God. Because sometimes God will shout. He will shout. And you will know without a doubt that you are hearing from him and that you need to do something. But oftentimes, he will speak in a still, small voice, in the God whisper. And sometimes you can only hear that voice when the other noises are silenced. And you know, I once heard it like explain like being in a big noisy party and the bass is thumping and people are dancing and laughing and singing and shouting and someone is right beside you trying to whisper something in your ear. You can strain all you want, but you're not going to hear them clearly until you exit the noise and find a quiet place to listen to that person. So what noises do you need to silence to hear the God whisper? And maybe it means getting up early, not going on your phone, but spending time with Jesus. Maybe it means putting in your AirPods and worshiping him on your walk or on your bus ride, you know, not looking like a crazy person, but just praying silently or driving instead of listening to the podcast that you always listen to, just worshiping and talking to Jesus. Or maybe it's just pausing throughout your day and inviting the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to you. God wants to speak to you and he will help us choose what is best. But we need to listen to him. And like Pastor Adam always says, listen to Jesus and do what he says because he will speak. You know, a long time ago, it was when our staff at Coastline could fit around um, a round table for staff meeting. Now we meet in the atrium. Um, pastor Ron, who was our lead pastor at the time, he had us all pray for one another. And somebody prayed for me. And um, they were praying for my family. Because like I said before, my family kind of grew up Catholic and then stopped going to church. And we, I just really didn't grow up in a Christian home. And they were praying for me. And I would always pray for my family. And in that moment, and I felt that God whisper and it said, give flowers to Nana Rosa. And I remember hearing that and be like, okay, Lord, I heard that loud and clear. And he, oh, sorry, he said, give flowers to Nana Rosa on Friday. So he told me a specific day to give her flowers. This happened on a Tuesday. And you know what? I was a young adult. I, I had a pretty clear calendar. Friday was my day off. I was like, I got it. Okay, God. 
So Nana Rosa was my amazing Nona. She's Italian grandma. She passed away. She's with the Lord in two, 2017. I miss her so much. She's about four foot eight and like a fiery Italian woman and could cook up a storm. Like she made the most incredible lasagna of your life. Like so good. Um, and she's just fiery. She was amazing. She immigrated from Italy. She barely spoke any English, but I just, we just understood each other. She was so, so loving. So give Nana Rosa flowers on Friday. So I was like, okay, God, I'll do that. I love Nana Rosa. I haven't seen her for a while. But my days were getting busier. And soon enough, Thursday came. And I was like, you know what, God? I'm going to give her the flowers on Saturday. You know, Saturday sounds better. I have two things to do on Friday. And that's a lot for me right now. And I need to rest <laughs> enjoy your free time before you have children. Let me just tell you that. But anyway, so I was like, I will do it Saturday, okay? Okay, Lord? So I went to bed on Thursday night, and that night I had this vivid dream that she died, and that in the dream I was like watching myself. I was like, no, I never gave her the flowers. So I like woke up. I was like, okay, God, I got it. I'll give, her to, <laughs> give them to her today. I understand. Okay, please do not kill my grandmother. So I remember I went to Thrifty's and I got a big bouquet of flowers for her and I, and I went to her house and I just gave her these flowers and she took them so graciously and she went to the sink and she started filling up the vase with water and put the flowers in, she puts them on the table and she just tells me in her broken English that that day was her wedding anniversary. And not just any wedding anniversary, but her 60th wedding anniversary. Friends, my grandfather died in 1979. I had no idea when her wedding anniversary was. I had no idea how long they had been married, but God did. And he loved her. He saw this widow and just wanted to be so extravagant and just bless her. And you know what? My, my dad ended up coming there that day. And then he got to translate and say, I was said, Nana Rosa, these flowers are not from me. These flowers are from God. God told me to give you flowers today. He made it specific. It was today. That's how much God loves you. He loves you so much. You are not alone. God in heaven sees you, knows you, and loves you. I got to share that incredible story with her. Like, it just still blows my mind. But guys, what if I was distracted? What if I just pushed it aside and said, no, 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 I'm going to do it Saturday. Or no, 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 I'm going to do it next week. I'll give her flowers another day. Imagine what would happen if I did that. God wants to bless others through you. God is going to do incredible things through you, church, through you, young adult. I was like 21 when that happened. God wants to move through you. He wants to speak prophetically through you. He wants to encourage your friends through you, but we need to throw away the distractions, throw away everything that hinders us and that sin that easily entangles us. What 
person is he putting on your heart? Maybe it's a family member he's putting on your heart to reach out to them. Maybe it's a friend who's been, who was coming to church for a while but kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Maybe he wants you to send an encouraging text. God wants to use you to reach your friends and reach your family and reach this island. But we got to do it undistracted. Please, let's not let the enemy win right here. He wants to pull apart our mind and distract us and have us looking in other directions, but we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Focus on him because I know he wants to speak to you and he wants to move through you and it's going to be incredible. So let this Christmas season be a whole new season. Let it be the best Christmas that you've ever experienced. And not because there's so much going on on the calendar or you're going to get an amazing present or whatever. Let it be the best Christmas because your eyes are on Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus stepped down from the throne of heaven to the throne of our hearts to be present with us. The Savior of the world came to earth for you, to be present with you. He entered into our messy and broken world and gave his life. So can we diminish the distractions, silence the voices of the world, focus on the important and listen to Jesus this Christmas because he loves you. He loves you. Choose to be present with him and present with those around you. We get to bring him into every situation where we go, every avenue. You get to bring Jesus with you his hope, his joy, his peace, his love, his grace. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, that you are speaking. God, we say sorry for being distracted. Sorry for being unfocused. Lord, we know what we need to work on. So Holy Spirit, would you help us live undistracted? God, would you silence the noises that need to be silenced so we can hear the God whisper? God, we want to see this island change for you, but first, Jesus, can you change us? Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth for having this new teaching, Lord, where you say, come to me, all who are tired and weary. We come to you, Lord Jesus. So I pray that you would give your rest to your church tonight, Jesus. Empower these people, empower these young adults, Lord. I know, God, that there are future missionaries in this room, that there's future church planters, leaders in this room, God, pastors in this room, God. So would you rise them up and speak to them, Lord Jesus, and help us cut the distractions. We look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and we thank you, and we say, have your way in our lives. In your mighty name we pray, amen.